One of the most important skills that that came with that willow in the past four or five years is realization that things take longer than you think they are, and that perseverance is one is is the single thing that determines whether you're going to get it done or not. Don't stop until it's done, you know, and like try, just try, 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 try. Don't stop trying. You're listening to Ecomonics, a Debutify podcast, your resource for one-of-a-kind insights into the world of e-commerce and business in the modern age. This is Joseph. I'll be presenting a wealth of industry knowledge from interviews with successful business people and our own state-of-the-art research. Your time is valuable, so let's go. As always, when faced with information that contests or conflicts with what we learned so far on the show, it is vital that we run towards it in the interest of truth. George Vlasiev took a unique approach to e-commerce by way of print-on-demand and drop servicing. For his opinion on drop shipping, especially in these trying times, is not favorable. What makes this episode unique is understanding the method which one can maximize the potential for on-demand services, similar to drop shipping in many ways due to lower product overhead, but also with a vastly advantageous lateral in being able to offer thousands of product options. If you're hesitant about jumping into e-commerce, and maybe the drop shipping model isn't quite doing it for you, here is another method worth your consideration. George Vlasiev, it is good to have you here on Ecomonics. How are you doing today? How are you feeling? How's the weather up there? I'm good. Thank you so much. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good too. Uh, to answer my own question, the weather here is cold, at least I assume. I don't leave my apartment very much. <laughs> and, and when I do, I'm like, I'm three layers deep. So three layers top, three layers bottom, uh, pretty much all the way through to like mid-May, just not taking any chances. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's pretty cold here as well. You know, I'm based in Helsinki, Finland. It's minus six degrees Celsius here. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cold. I did, uh, I, I'm going to ask you a, a question about that, but we have to start with, uh, well, I'm not contractually obligated to start with this question. I just think it's the most important question to ask at the beginning, which is who are you and what do you do? Well, so my name is George. Um, I live in Helsinki, Finland, uh, and I do drop shipping. Well, I do e-commerce. I like to consider it to be more of e-commerce because drop shipping, I feel like it's a little bit of a, has a bad reputation to it so i prefer to use e-commerce because it gives it a much um, better outlook so yeah i do um, e-commerce i've been doing it for the past four years now i recently started well about a year ago a youtube channel where i share uh whatever i have learned and yeah and you know as i go along my journey as i make more progress i just uh share it with youtube Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've I've had the uh, privilege that 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 word I don't know the, these days I'm not a fan of using that word but I've had the distinct joy to uh, check out your YouTube content and the thing that continuously surprises me is that every time I see a new um, e-commerce e channel I stop myself from saying drop shit there by the way is <laughs> there are unique perspectives and there's new things to uh, bring to the e-commerce puzzle so I'm I'm looking forward to uh, getting into a lot of that with you today. So one of the things is uh, quick uh, behind the scenes is that we wanted to reschedule. We were going to do this yesterday, but we're doing the recording today because you were moving into your new apartment. Uh, am I right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I just moved in actually. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I can't see the, the boxes or anything, but I can only assume that you're sitting on boxes right now and your laptop is propped up on other uh, boxes. <laughs> and... I actually got myself a stand-up desk. So this is a, a stand-up desk. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a big progress for me, so it's an amazing thing. 
super happy about that. I, uh, I I'm standing at a at an orator's table right now, like the ones people like university lecturers use. So when I do recording, I stand. If I'm a guest or if I were get into the three hour shows, then okay, I'm gonna forget sit down for that. What compelled the the move to uh, Helsinki, Finland? Is that where you're from originally? Well, no, I'm I'm originally uh, from Russia, St. Petersburg, uh, but I I became a a citizen with two nationalities, so Russian and Finnish, when at a, at a super young age, around maybe ten or eight, when I was, uh, because my dad got it, so I got it automatically. And um, ever since I was a, uh, ever since I remember myself, I always lived in two countries, so it's Russia and Finland. And um, I went to the military here as well, and now I bought uh, my own apartment here recently, like this August. So now. I bought it in August. The house was finished in October, and so now I moved it here. But yeah, Finland is, is a great country because it's um, the happiest country in the world three years in a row. It has the uh, cleanest water, cleanest air. It's just it's just a great country to live. You know, everything works. And in comparison to Russia, it's uh, it's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, not not to get too much into Russian memes, but I, there was this brief spell where I would watch videos of like dash cam footage of uh, what was oh, yeah. going on on the streets of Russia. And one of them sticks out where like a guy like pops his head out of a window. He's he's got wearing sunglasses, and he and he just flashes his pistol <laughs> for like a, for like two seconds, and then and then he drives off. Yeah. And it's, it's 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 pretty crazy there. One quick question about Finland, and then we'll move on. Um, what's uh, what's the sales tax rate on Finland? Like, is, are the taxes uh, high there in order to uh, oh, pay wow, for a lot yeah. of the social I programs? Mean, oh yeah, I mean, I have a friend who lives in Canada, and he complains to me about the taxes there. He's like, "Yeah, man, whatever the taxes are so high." But the taxes here in Finland. Well, I mean, I'm in Canada, that's why I asked. Yeah, exactly. But the, the taxes here are well. It it depends on the what's it called tax bracket, which tax bracket you're in. Uh, but it's basically, you can get up to like 60%, uh, depending on how much you earn. Yeah. You can get up to 60%. It's pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, it's a, it's a cost benefit analysis, right? Different countries have different offers. So some, exactly. some of them, uh, you pay a high tax rate, but the water's clean and others, maybe you save on taxes, but people uh, point their weapons at you on the road. So, you know, it's yeah, a, exactly. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's dig into some uh, some good old fashioned uh, e commerce stuff, and I will do my best not to like outright say drop shipping, but I do want to get into like your your relationship with it because we've had some people who are very enthusiastic about drop shipping on the show. We've had some people who were enthusiastic about it. Maybe they weren't happy about AliExpress and they wanted to say use Etsy. They just felt better about using their products there. Uh, all of which is to say that when we're when we're faced with information that might well, you know, contradict or uh, conflict with other information we've had, we always want to run towards it rather than just like, oh, no, we can't say that. We don't want to like, you know, um, uh, mislead the uh, the people or anything like that. So we're just going to get right into this. So tell us about your uh, your relationship with dropshipping, how like at first it uh, came to you, um, what it did with also your entry into e-commerce, like if how you got to the point today, how much of dropshipping had to do with that and yeah, let's just let's just unpack it. All right, let's get right into it. So I started the whole I wanna I wanna say kind of self-development slash becoming an entrepreneur about five years ago. And you know, it all started with me just Googling how to make money online. And then Mr. Ty Lopez popped up and you know he sold me the uh, he sold me the idea. So I was like, you know what, that's great. So I bought one of his courses 
uh, went through that. And then, you know, I started, based on his recommendations, I started doing like social media marketing agency. And then I was uh, infected with the gold, uh, with the shining object syndrome back then. So whenever, and because I, I was still new. So whenever I saw something, I was like, "Oh, that's the that's the one." So it went from it went from social media marketing agency, then it went to a KDP, so direct uh, Kindle publishing. Uh, I wrote a book uh, on that, which is insane. Then it went uh, onto a personal brand. I think um, I, I I was trying to do like fitness uh, content on Insta. Um, so it was a lot of trial and error. It was a lot of trying of different things and, you know, a lot of stores, of course. And then I stumbled upon, uh, when I was in the army, I stumbled upon drop shipping and selling like e-commerce, selling things online. And I really, I really got hooked on the idea of selling things online and not having your own inventory or stock. So I really liked that idea. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? That is great. Um, so I started doing that and I started listening and I started just watching a bunch of YouTube videos and um, it escalated from there. There was a lot of learning and I was, you know, like I, I consider, I like to think of this as the first three. So I've been, I've been doing e-com for four years. The first three years, it was even three and a half. It was just pure learning, like hundred mm-hmm. percent. Every single minute energy uh, unit and uh, dollar that I spent on, on, on e-com slash dropshipping was just pure me learning, okay, what is this going to do? Um, like, what's the outcome of this? Okay, if I spend $100 on Facebook ads a day, what is this going to do? If I spend, if I collab with these like pages on Insta, what is that going to do? What is this product going to do and stuff like that? So I was just kind of like, like trying and seeing what happens. And so by having like, and these, like these answers that came to me, they were like signals. Right. And I was thinking, okay, like that's a good signal. Take that. Okay. That's not a good signal. Don't take that. And slowly, slowly I started to build this web and like this understanding of how this whole thing works. And I'm still learning to this day. I I sound like like one, I sound like, I sound so cliche. It's like horrible. If I'd be listening to this four years ago, I'd be like, ah, cliche turn off. But you know, it sound it, it really does sound like that. Like I'm still learning every single day now, and I'm facing new problems. Like you know, the, whatever I was facing for three years has now been solved, but now I'm facing new problems. You know, I consider them better problems. Like I have too much sales, and mm-hmm. I cannot I cannot like fulfill them. Possibly, I need to have I need to grow so fast right now. But um, yeah, uh, where was I? Oh yeah, I was at this at that. I was trying different things. I was trying different dropshipping stores and landing pages and this and that. And eventually, um, eventually, I made a store. I was like, you know what? I need to like focus myself down, and I need to like work on one store. You know, if I just focus, I was I was all over the place. I was building stores like every week and stuff. I was like, you know what? This doesn't work. New one. And I was like, you know what? Let me just focus on one thing. So I focused and I built a store called citycaps.co. So this store uh, focuses around dad hats and beanies with different designs. And um, I started working on that store. And then, like, my first success came from, I, by the way, disclaimer, I recently sold that store for $6,000. And I think it was October or something, end of October. Uh, or September. So I recently sold that store for $6,000. But the long story short uh, was that my first success came by collaborating with 
there was this meme uh, called Bongo Cat, basically these cats who were banging on the bongos. And it was a really big thing. And I didn't know that at the time. But, you know, at the time, what I was trying to do was I had a store. I had different, like, hats with different designs. And I was trying to promote them with Instagram pages, theme pages, uh, meme pages as well. And that didn't work. You know, I was spending, like, $20, $40 on these shout-outs, and it didn't work. And I was like, oh, frustrating. So instead, I don't know. I don't know what triggered this. I don't know what happened. But I found a bongo page cat, uh, bongo cat page on Instagram, and I was like, and I and I contacted them, and I saw that the the only thing that was posted on that page was that bongo cat, and I was like, so I so I found on the internet like a PNG file without a background. I put it um, on a hat in Printful. I did a mock up, and I sent it to that page, and I was like, hey, listen, um, I have a hat that your followers might like. Um, you know, here's an affiliate link. So I created an affiliate link, uh, promote it on, on your page. Whenever someone buys, uh, I'm going to pay you whatever, $5 or something. And I remember I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's not going to sell, you know, because I was so used to that. You know, if it does, I'll figure something out, how to like actually create the product. Um, and so, and I remember I, and I did that, you know, and I was like, yeah, whatever. So, and then I close it and then I'm driving home uh, from work at that time. And I hear the ka-ching sound on Shopify. And I was like, oh, what is that? I check on my phone and it's a sale for a bongo cat hat. And I was like, wow, okay, whoa, 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 what ha- what's happening? Two minutes later, I get another sale. Five minutes later, I get another sale, another sale. And it just showed me like, what is a winning offer, basically. It showed me like, okay, winning offer, like it's proven to work. Uh, if, if people really want it, then... Basically, the lesson there was if the market wants it, no matter how bad your website is and, and whatever, like people are going to find a way to buy it. And uh, yeah, that was my first success. And then obviously, as you can imagine, I contacted other pages. I, I got all of them to post. Well, I tried to do it. but And I did, I think, I think I, I did either thirteen or $15,000 in sales in about like a couple of weeks, which was huge for me at that, mm-hmm. at that time. I, like... It was my first real like small success now, but it was huge at that point. And right away, I went to register a company. I was like, "Yeah, you know what? We're going to the moon. Let's go!" <laughs> but then the, the trend, the, the sales died. The trend died, and so um, yeah, I, I had to incur some 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 costs and, and stuff like that. But I did I did make a couple of thousand dollars profit actually. Yeah, and I and I fulfilled the products in China. Whatever I sent them, it was it, it works out fine. And then after that, the trend died and City Caps was out of sales. You know, that's it. Like, you know, I just did that and there were no more sales. And so I was thinking like, oh, man. So I closed the store for like a month. I paused it. I didn't close it. I paused the store for a month. And then I come back to it. I moved to Finland from Russia. I come back to it and I was like, uh, you know what? I got to I gotta make something work because I was getting like, you know, like one or two sales like each day before I paused the store. But I was like, you know what? This is not really like, you know, this is nothing, basically. Mm-hmm. But then I came back and I was I was really short in money. So I was like, you know what? I need to do at least something. And so I op- I reopened City Caps and I told myself, you know what? I'm going to make this work. Like no matter, I'm just going to focus and I'm going to make it work no matter what it takes. It was just like this kind of determina- like determination. I didn't even know where it came from. And the, But the, th- the thing I was doing is that 
the I didn't have much money, and so I had to figure out how to make it work without like any money at all. And that's what I did. I started collaborating with pages. I started. I came up with this strategy that I talk about on my YouTube channel, where I was um, collaborating with independent artists, basically. And you know, there were there, there are many independent artists. For those of you who know who don't know, and they have their own design, they have their own things. So I was just taking. I was taking those designs, creating mockups in Printful, and then I had like the script that I was sending to them and attaching those mockups. And basically, um, people would see, they were like, wow, this is so cool because it's their design. And they'd be like, okay, so what, what happens then? And then, you know, I added that product to my store. I gave them the affiliate link or whatever. And then at the end of the month, I would send them uh, a report and I'd be like, okay, you got this many orders. And they'll be promoting into their followers. And the conversion rate was great because... People who follow this independent artist are super passionate. They're like fans, mm-hmm. basically. So I was basically like a manufacturer for them, you know, sort of. And that was also a big success. I got up to, at one point, I got up to seven seven thousand dollars in one month. And this was better than Bongo Cat because there was a way for me to do it all the time. Bongo Cat was just one time, but this was a way for me to do it all the time, right? But but it required a lot of work from me. It required so much work, and so. I did that and then I expanded into different marketplaces. I, you know, I had a bunch of products on my store. I went onto Amazon, Etsy, eBay. And then slowly, just over time, the website was getting like up to two years of age as well. And I had many different sales channels. I had many different products. I had SEO. I had, you know, these artists. And then so over time, the website started to generate about like $150 in sales every day. Um, I don't know how it happened. <laughs> it's just magic. <laughs> but no, it wasn't magic. It was a lot of work as well. And and then, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like, because I had a better idea in mind. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to close this store and I'm going to do this other thing. But then my girlfriend was like, you spent so much time on this and energy. Sell it. I was like, okay, fine. I'll try it. But I, I didn't believe anyone would actually like, pay money for this. You know, I, I, I really didn't. So I, I posted the, the website on Shopify Marketplace Exchange. I got a couple of offers and this and that. People were lowballing me. People were, I almost sold the store for like $1,000. By the way, I've never said this to anyone, but that's true. Oh, really? Wow. And, yeah. And then, um, yeah, long story short, this one guy, he messages me and he's like, yeah, I'll buy for 6 k right away. And I was like, okay, let's go. So I sold that store for 6 k and... After that, I started a new project. <laughs> Very long story, but yeah. I uh, I happen to think that uh, people are going to really enjoy having you on their podcasts because I, for one, I'm, I'm a I got into podcasting because I like listening. So that was a lot to to listen to and right. uh, took took down a bunch of notes. Just to, I guess because we're we're on the um, uh, on the narrative through line, I, I do know that your your next project was and for, forgive me if I get like the it was like get Swiftized or yeah it's called turnswifty.com. dot com and it has some similarities in that there is uh, it's it's art based and it's it's also a, a print on demand and uh, and I also know that where with City Caps it sends physical products so there is the um, the manufacturing cost 
uh, whereas this one is just sending the digital material. So it just has to, you just have to pay the artist to do it. And I think you also sold that one too, right? Yeah, I told Turn I, I sold Turn Shrifty. The, the crazy story, I started Turn Shrifty in end of August, September. I, and I burned, well, I didn't burn, I, I scaled it super fast with Facebook ads. I, I got up to like 30K in like two or three months with Facebook ads, and then I sold that store. So sorry, you were spending 30K in Facebook ads? No, 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 I, I, got, up in, I got up in sales to 30K, and I don't remember how much I spent on Facebook ads, to be honest, it was like two different ad accounts and stuff, but yeah, I sold that store for $9,500 as well. I have a couple of videos on my channel talking about that as well, basically like explaining everything. Mm-hmm. And, and for that reason, I, of course, recommend to our, uh, to our audience to head on over to the YouTube video so that they can check those out uh, more in depth. But having listened to your story, I, I wrote down a, a couple of things that I wanted to point out about it. So one of them is that you were saying like, oh, how is this working? It must be magic. And, and I was thinking, okay, well, it's maybe like alchemy more than magic, where you just, you're taking the different elements and you're putting them together. I, I was wondering about, so it seemed like you you kind of had like a a good flow going where you found something that was, the thing about memes is that they're highly relevant for a very and short but intense amount of time. And then, well, some some of them, I don't know, some of them stick around. Like, I don't know if you ever remember this meme, but the uh, giant enemy crab meme. No. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, exactly. See, I thought, see, at that time, I thought memes would last forever. So I named my 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 company Giant Enemy Company. And as time goes on, <laughs> people are like, so once in a while, somebody's like, dude, I know what you're talking about. So as you're describing to me, here's what I thought you were you were doing. And maybe it is, but the, the the success had varied where you reached out to like the bongo cat people with the bongo cap, their their, their audience uh, took to it. So did you try to find other memes or other images and then reach out to whatever communities were highly into that? God, the first one popped in my head was Ugandan Knuckles, and I really shouldn't be bringing that one up. So, yeah, obviously, I mean, of course, I tried. You know, I was like, okay, this works. Maybe something similar is going to work, but nothing worked. Like, literally, nothing worked. I was just spending a lot of time and energy with no return. That surprises me. I, I got to be honest, because I'm not sure what it is about Bongo Cat in particular that was going so well that, like, you know, all these other, I, I don't know, I, I, I can't fathom it, but you've obviously had a lot more time into it to figure it out. So Bongo Cat was not monetized at the time. Uh, it, had a, okay. it had a very big following and they were, they were offering, no one was offering merch or anything like that. It was like, it was basically finding gold, you know, because the, the audience was golden. It was not monetized and they were super passionate. And then like I tried finding other means, but that didn't work. And when I did uh, find that it was when I was, when I figured out that these independent artists, I can do it all the time. It's kind of like an untapped audience. You know? And that's very, that's also very important if you know someone's going to do that kind of collaboration strategy. That makes sense. It's uh, not monetized, but still has a lot of activity. Hard, hard to get your hands on those, but... You know, it's yeah. what, what you're describing is a lot like what a prospector is doing, where a prospector is or fishing, you know, you have the, mechani- the mechanism in place to find success. And then when you catch the fish or you find the gold, uh, you find it and you're, and you're ready for it. It was funny too, because you were saying like you were going from like not a heck of a lot of sales and then all of a sudden you're driving home, ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Yeah. And it reminded me, not from a personal experience or anything, at least not yet, but it reminded me of like um, this commercial I saw way, way back in a kid. And it was actually really like the first time that I understood 
that success can be intimidating as much as uh, failure can be intimidating because it's a commercial. A bunch of like developers are hanging around a computer. They're waiting for the sales to roll in. And one guy's got like a brown paper bag on him because he's going to like hallucinate if he does get any sales. Well, they get their first sale and, he, and everybody's relieved. And one guy like jokingly takes a brown paper bag from him. And then it happens again. And again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and it starts like yeah. just starts rolling in. The guy grabs his paper bag back, and 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 I, and I never thought about it before until that commercial where you think, well, hang on a second, like success can actually like be a whole other swath of problems uh, as well as well not succeeding. Yeah, yeah, that's something that you know I'm facing now. As I said earlier, you know, for three years I was facing the problem where I didn't have like any sales i was trying to figure out basically how to make sales profitably and now you know for some for most people it's probably going to sound like uh oh that's not a problem man but like it's kind of a problem right now where i'm I'm having way too many sales every day and um now i need to get then i was not ready for it you know uh and now i need to get my operational side of things um what's it called up to the part or whatever the, up, the up to phrase par. for that is yeah, up to par. So, um, yeah, now and now I get like I'm at around like two and a half thousand dollars of sales a day. So now I need to be able to process all of that, and it's and it's it's pretty hard, you know. It's it's, it's a whole different other animal, but it's a it's it's probably a good problem to have. So by no means I'm I'm complaining. I'm just uh, I'm happy, and I'm just figuring out problems as as we come along. Fantastic. Uh, here's here, actually here is something else uh, that I wanted to touch on too. This is uh, earlier on in, the, in your story, but uh, it was uh, Ty Lopez. I guess you saw like yeah. his YouTube ad, and I, I'm I'm guessing that you saw an ad where like he's walking around his garage or uh, he's absolutely, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the man's got his brand now. I I don't I don't know him. I, I haven't viewed any of his material. I I have like seen bits and pieces of an interview that he did, and so I have no reason to doubt his legitimacy. And like you, obviously got some good value out of it. So what I would like to actually is just like stop there for a moment and just uh, ask about like what were what was going through your mind when you saw him? Did you have any prior um, preconceived notions about what someone in his position? Um, like what, what legitimacy they have and uh, how like how you walked away from the experience feeling like you really got your value out of it. Yeah. So before I saw that, there was nothing that really triggered anything in me. Um, I, I like to think of it as, you know, before that, I felt a lot like entitled a lot. I thought that life just going to bring me goodies because I am the way I am. You know, I was born to a right family or whatever. But then like his man that guy is so good at talking and you know he really over the internet was able to explain to me like you are not entitled you know like you know if you want to be super rich whatever you need to like work and deserve that and all of that and um you know a lot of people bash on ty and they say like oh he's a scammer whatever but you know my opinion honestly is that um i i mean that guy really revolutionized my life you know it's in, in a good way you know because he really got me to like think observe things get into self-development self-development um become uh, like conscious about things and um yeah it all started from there you know i i come from a family that you know they, we read books um 
I was always around like reading books and stuff, but I never really liked it myself. I was like, what's the point of reading books? We can just get the internet, like all over the internet and stuff, you know, cause I'm young and stuff. But then like, he's like, yeah, you can get the, you can get info on internet, but reading stimulates the brain. And I was like, Oh, okay. No one told me that before. And it was just a whole, like, it was just a whole thing. And yeah, man, I, I love that guy. I appreciate him a lot. Um, and he really got me started on the whole self-development and like online thing. Um, and it all started from there. I can't say, like, I always thought about this, like, I can't attribute all of my success to him, right? But I can attribute a big part of it to him because for some reason he really, he, he, he hit a nerve in me that got me started. I remember I started like waking up early in the mornings and stuff, taking cold showers, going to the gym early and reading books. I ordered a bunch of books. It was just crazy for some reason that, that, that 67 step program. Yeah. I really like really changed my, my life. 67 steps. Yeah. Yeah. It's called 67 steps. He had this program. I went through it actually twice. It's a great thing. It's just him sitting in front of a camera and he just talks about different subjects, you know, he, and, and, you know, people bash on him and say he's a scammer and whatnot. He just gets you internet. But the thing is, whatever it is, right. He might be selling air. He might be selling knowledge, whatever, but that guy is so smart. You know, you cannot make that up. You cannot make up mm -hmm. the fact that he just has it in him. He's just super smart. Obviously he read so many books and you can hear that the way he talks, you know, he has great knowledge and, and, it's, it's, it's amazing. You know, it's just, you're basically in six, seven steps. You're basically listening to a guy who is super smart. He's educated. Like he read a lot of books and he just tells you whatever he learned. He digested that information. And he's like, okay, you know what? I've learned that this is important. He's not telling you that this is the recipe of success as my, you know, as some, as some people are like, oh yeah, there's no recipe to success. And he, and he sells that, but he's not really selling that. He might present it like that, but obviously he's a marketer, but you know, at the end of the day, he basically just teaches what he knows. And I think he's a super smart guy. You know, I would love to meet him. When, I, when I'm going through material to prepare for guests, uh, I'm not going to say who, but I have seen, you know, some reviews or some feedback that some of the previous guests have had, and they get called scammers. Um, you, people talk about the dropshipping or e-commerce in general. They think that's a scam. People think people call banking a Ponzi scheme. They call like economics in general, like a big, a big scheme. And I mean, if you, if we, if we really want to like circle all the way down into the very bottom of the barrel, we could just say that life is a scam because we're all going to die. Like it, at a certain point, you just have to like get up and start making choices and, and try to do the best you can with whatever information is coming your way. And even just listening to you, give me some of some very brief uh, takes that he's provided has actually like made me realize a couple of things just now, which is that reading stimulates the brain. And me, I'm like a big media guy. Like I obviously I, I work in media. I listen to a lot of media. And what I've noticed um, and what I'm willing to admit as an issue is that um, listening and viewing content does tend to hit the dopamine reward center a lot easier because media can sound good, it can look good, it can be uh, pleasing to listen to. And I certainly don't want to discourage people from uh, from listening to uh, listening to content, but I've always made peace with the idea that like no one episode of any show or movie or even documentary for that matter is going to really change um, too much, but it does it's communication. It hits that nerve. It gets people started. It gets people motivated to go look into something. But reading is just text on a page. 
like it doesn't feel great to read. It's it's a mental exercise, and so reading is a much more uh, refined way to get the brain to really work out, you know, in the morning or in the evening or or whenever. So I, I noticed that like reading in the in the evening towards bed is really one of the best times because it it actually is tiring. It takes energy to do, and so whatever energy we have left in our mind at the end of the day, we can expend absorbing knowledge and then boom, shut the book off, off to bed we go. So that's a really valid point. Yeah, and I remember the first time I really felt it was when I first, when I ordered my first batch of books, and I, and I didn't know. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna give it a try. I was super blind. I was super naive. I was like, all right, whatever. He'd see, you know, people say that's important. I'll give it a try, and then you know. Some people say, like, you need to read for at least an hour. So I, I sat down and I was like, oh, oh, my mind was all over the place. And then at some point, about like 20 minutes in, something changes, some chemistry happens. And you you feel like your brain starts to get stimulated. You get these ideas. They start to fire like from all over the place. And I was like, wow. And when I felt that, I was like, ooh, that's nice. You know what I mean? And then I started to um, to really like practice that a lot. Uh, I haven't looked at my uh, my reading list for. <laughs> I mean, number one is the Bible, and then after that, I don't know. We'll we'll see where I go from there. All right. So uh, throughout your story, you you talked about uh, pop. Sorry, a uh, pop cap. I just want to make sure I got it right. City cap. City cap. Sorry, I don't know why. I, I know there's a thing called pop cap. I don't know where I got that from. So so city cap and. Um, I think this is what is referred to as drop servicing, or is it more in the lines of just like print on demand? Yeah. So citycaps.co was a hundred percent print on demand drop shipping. Drop shipping. Okay. So, okay. So, so you still count those drop shipping because it still sends a product to a customer. Yeah. Because it was physical products. And then turnshrifty.com was a mix of drop servicing and print on demand. Okay, great. So I wanted to ask you about drop servicing because we've touched on it in the past, but uh, this is a field that uh, you know rather well. So how did you come across drop servicing in particular? You know, what's your take on it and what are you up to with it these days? Okay, first off, I'm a huge fan of drop servicing. Uh, not many people talk, talk about that, but right now that's like my life basically. Um, I came across an ad in my Insta feed for turnedyellow.com, uh, guys who turn people into Simpsons characters. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've seen those. What, what, what they like to say is that they create yellow avatars, but come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you, you got to do it for the copyright. Um, so when I saw that, my, my mind was trained enough to see an opportunity there. That's how I like to think about it. If I saw that ad a year ago, I'd just be like, oh, that's pretty cool. But my mind was at a place where I was ready to see that opportunity. So I was like, wow, I can, that's so cool. And right away, like in just a matter of a couple of seconds, I understood that like, I, I knew the whole process. Okay, they're running an ad to Shopify. They're getting that sale. Okay, it's a digital product. They have an artist, freelancer, creates, bam, offer the customer. And then they offer an upsell and in, in, uh, in print, uh, print on demand upsell. And just kind of sparked and I was like, wow, okay, that's what I want to do. And then I started researching about it, um, started, you know, seeing the prices and this and that. And uh, I first wanted to do like superheroes, um, but I was thinking about how I'm going to target that with Facebook ads. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, you know what? I need a single like targeting on Facebook. So I started looking into Family Guy 
And I was like, nah, Family Guy looks boring. And then I found it and I saw Rick and Morty. I was like, ooh, that, that looks pretty cool. So I, I started doing that. Um, but now if anyone asks me, I would not recommend doing that uh, because you don't want to be involved with copyright and stuff. I don't know how Turn Yellow does it. I really don't. But people from Rick and Morty, they are they are looking out for you. Trust me. If anyone does it, they know you and they're going to tell Facebook, ah, 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 that guy is doing something we don't like. And Cartoon Networks obviously spends much more money on Facebook than you know any drop servicer or any drop shipper. So Facebook is going to be on the side of Cartoon Network, obviously. But yeah, that's how I came across uh, this idea. It really triggered me. And uh, I thought that I could do the same thing. I did I did a similar, I did a completely similar thing. I, I, I hired a web developer in Fiverr and I said, hey, listen, you see this website turn yellow? Create me an exact copy of that, literally. And he was like, okay, it's going to be $100, whatever. I'll be like, cool. So I paid him $100 and he created an exact copy with all of the buttons and this and that. And yeah, um, that's how I got turned Swifty. And then I started running Facebook ads to it. Okay. And then uh, having after sold that, are you doing any, uh, are any of your new projects also within the realm of drop servicing? Yes. So my new project, which I have right now going at two and a half K a day is a very similar, I can't reveal it yet, by the way. I don't want to review it just yet, uh, but it's a very similar thing. Um, everything that I said, it's 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 a very it's very similar to Rick and Morty, kind of that um, custom illustration. I talk a lot about that on my channel, by the way, for anyone listening who wants to see, it, check it out. But it's a custom illustration. It's drop servicing on the front end, so digital illustrations, and then on the back end. It's uh, print on demand. So we offer to print that illustration once a customer has received a digital illustration. And uh, man, that is, it's, it's the best, the best opportunity right now, honestly. And con- well, conversely, what, what I'm doing right now, and I don't, I, I'll, I'm happy to be open about it just because it's for me, this particular store really is supposed to be more of like a learning experience for me. So I'm, I'll, I have no problem uh, uh, saying what it is. And I'll, and I'll also explain why I'm bringing this up too, because I want to ask you about the the opposite side of it is like the state of drop shipping right now. So my, my store, I'm selling you guys, maybe some of you have seen it because I think this product has hit that saturation point. Uh, is these drawers that you can stick to the underneath your desk. So you get like additional drawers. I like it. I, I just got mine in the mail yesterday. So I'm uh, looking forward to what I can pull off with it. Um, and my product is being drop shipped from AliExpress. Ordered it three weeks ago so not great shipping times um i've seen from your your content you've gone on record to say that right now dropping from aliexpress not such a good idea and in the interest of like running right towards the information that uh, uh contests what i'm doing right now i'm uh, i'm about to pull vault right into this and uh, hopefully don't get clotheslined by the bar so what's going on with uh, aliexpress what should i what should i maybe what could i do in, instead man the pandemic i'm telling you like you know how to say AliExpress dropshipping is dead. Well, <laughs> as cliche as it sounds, but it is. Like maybe before, you know, when the shipping times were ten to twelve days from Ali from China to US, it, it was fine. You know, you know, I always like to I always like to say this: like treat your customers the way you would like to be treated. It's as simple as that. You know, like ask yourself: okay, my shipping times are three weeks. Would I be happy waiting for my product for three weeks if I'd order from a store? Ah. My my answer is no, and you know, 
I would assume that many people would say no. So if that's the case, well, don't do it. You know, it's as simple as that. And right now, the shipping times from AliExpress are super long. Three, four, five, crazy. So you, like, I don't know. I just, I really don't dig that whole AliExpress uh, drop shipping thing. Shipping times are long. You don't have control over the quality of the products. And you're just reselling items, just having a little markup on it. And ugh, I don't know. What, you know, no, no. When I first started drop shipping from AliExpress, you know, that was the kind of the only thing I knew. And everyone was talking about it. So I was like, yeah, that's the way you're supposed to do it. So I was like, but I still, I, I in my, in the, in the back of my mind, I really didn't like the idea of just reselling these all little items because I was like, you know, what's the value here? Like, how am I creating value? And uh, that's one of the reasons when I saw this opportunity with these custom illustrations, I was like, okay, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one because you are actually creating real value, you know? Um, and that really clicks in my mind, you know? In my mind is that you attract money if you create something for other people, right? You're serving other people. And here, if you're creating a custom illustration for a person, you're actually doing something. You're creating a, a product or whatever, an illustration that did not yet exist anywhere in the universe. And, you know, you're making a person happy. And that really makes the person, you know, happy. It brings value to him. And this, in my mind, is okay to receive monetary, like, um, exchange and monetary benefits uh, for that. And it works a lot better than AliExpress, what I do right now, you know. It's it's really good. If someone is listening to this and you're like looking for an idea to start e com, trust me, these custom illustrations, it's a very untapped thing right now. Yeah. I'm I'm wondering like what uh route I would go with that. Maybe talk to my friends into doing like a Dragon Ball Z version, like a Kiratoriyama, stuff like that. Uh, okay, so I do want to I do want to um, respond to it too because I think you you raised some uh, valid points, but I also want to, um, to to balance this out. So the reason why I picked those drawers is because I really do like that product. I like the idea of like trying to optimize my 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 working space. Um, I have like a stack of papers on my desk right now. I would rather have a drawer underneath my desk. I can pull it out, put the papers in there, put them away, clean up feng shui so for me product part of it is is resolved in my mind i actually i like this thing now as for am i doing customers a favor by uh by selling it to them at a markup that's a really good point so here's what i'm going through my mind to try to make sense of it um and i'll tell you a story so you, uh for those of you um you know you, you, you can't see we are moving towards video we're getting there I'm wearing these arthritis gloves, uh, and I, I have no problem calling these guys out, by the way. They're called the onecompress.com. St uh, still in business. I, I've, uh, I've supported them a couple of times, uh, and they sell these gloves at a markup of around 20 bucks, and then you got shipping. I went on to AliExpress. I found these gloves. They're like three bucks plus shipping. So I ordered $20 worth. I've got like four of them on the way. Now, me, I'm, I'm more astute in this because I'm in the e-commerce space. I'm understanding how this works. And, uh, you know, I've, I've lifted beyond the veil and I'm seeing what's, you know, the, the wizard behind that's controlling Oz. Um, so not everybody has that. But to the credit of One Compress, without them, I never would have discovered the product in the first place. I, I wouldn't have known that it exists. So in my mind, I think the value that I'm bringing uh, is in the marketing. It's showing the customer something that they haven't seen before. They're not going to see it in Staples. They're not going to they, they're not going to think to look for it. 
And I feel like I'm doing them a favor by showing them the product because I think it would be good for them. Anybody who's got a desk can stand to have a few extra drawers. Right. Yeah, you have a good point here. You have a, you have a good point for sure that, you know, basically people like the, the value here is in is for the PFs for the people that they're discovering new products that can add value to their life but it might be a job of the person who who created that product in the first place you know what i mean and plus also when i was thinking about this is that you know if you create a, a drop shipping store where you have uh um, items that can be can, that can be bought for four or three times cheaper just one click away yeah. I don't know. It just, it just, it, I cannot justify it in my head. You know, right now what I'm selling, I guess it's, it's hundred percent justifiable in my head, but when it, when it's like that, it's not really justifiable. I hear you. I, I, I really respect your, your view to the point where it's making me think like, Hmm, Oh, what if, what, what if I can go this route too? Uh, now mind you, you know, I, I, I interview quite a lot of people, so I do get like a flood of ideas. Uh, but I really respect where you're coming from. And, uh, and, and I do think it's fantastic. So I'm gonna I'm gonna shift gears because there's a couple of other things I wanted to pick your brain about before we uh, we let you go. We're about we got about maybe like ten minutes, ten maybe fifteen minutes left before I get into like the, the more like the mindset philosophy stuff. Uh, here, here's one thing I wanted to ask you about, which is the you, you challenge yourself to like uh, make a. I just want to make sure I got my facts right. It was like twenty thousand in sales without any Facebook ads. Was that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was right. So can you tell us the story behind that? Because that's uh, quite a lot of money for no Facebook ads. <laughs> yeah, it was actually it was actually the strategy uh, that I want that when I talked earlier about the collaborating with independent artists. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to go into too much detail about the strategy in this and here, but it, you can check it out on my channel. But um, it's it's all from that. So it was a it was a clickbaity thumb. It was a Good title, so I thought it would be cool. But yeah, it was actually true. You know, I did twenty one thousand dollars, I think, in sales without any Facebook ads, just with just by collaborating with these independent artists, creating these products, and um, every single sale that I was getting was profitable, and that was my goal. But you know, if you're not buying ads, if you're doing it all manually, well, you're spending a lot of time and energy on it, and I wanted to move away from that where. You know the ad, the sales are taken care of by the ads, and then I'm more on the operational side of things. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, and and as you said, uh, for our, for our listeners, is uh, definitely head on to the YouTube video to get the more in depth in that. I think I just want to uh, point it out because I think it's uh, it's cool to show just like you know what you're capable of. And thanks, yeah, yeah, any anytime. So, that's what I'm here for. Uh, this is actually something. This is something I'm going to pull from your uh, your your story from the beginning because I noticed that you had used the term um, signals where like you were listening to other content and you were observing things and these things uh, signal towards you. Now, this is the first time that somebody has like used that terminology. I, I think it might be like a, a regional thing because, you know, d- different parts of the world have different uh, uses for different terms. Um, so I'm wondering where that idea comes from and like, what is it exactly that you're using to <laughs> observe signals? <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool that you brought that up. Now that I'm thinking about it, uh, it comes from working closely with the algorithms of of youtube algorithm facebook algorithm and from what i from what i know you know the algorithm works is that if it receives good signals i think i think that actual word might come from sam ovens um but basically 
if the algorithm receives good signals, you know, you're paying on time, the customers are happy, whatever, right? People are engaging with it. If the, if the signals are green, then the algorithm is going to start improving. And I like to think of myself as an <laughs> no, wait, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't think of myself as an algorithm, but um, basically, yeah, I just kind of, uh, as, I, as I move through life, I like to think of this as, you know, whatever I'm doing, I just, I kind of get a signal that, okay, that's a good signal. That's a bad signal. And then I, I try to move towards more of the green signals, basically. Mm. Well, if you, if you believe in predestination, then yes, we're all technically algorithms. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But I just like to think of it that way. Um, so one, of, uh, one question that I uh, try to ask as often as possible uh, on the show is a, a skill-based question, which is like, you, you touched on what what you're up to because I know you have a military experience, and I just want there's a, there's a part of it I just want to make sure that I got, which is like two things. What did you think you were gonna do if not for e-commerce? Like, what path were you on? What were you working on? And then, with all of that in mind, um, what skills do you feel came with you when you entered into e-commerce? Yeah. So before I entered e-commerce, to be honest, I was blind and I really didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I come from a, a family of with a, with a business background. So um, I, I always thought of myself that I'm going to just continue working on the family business, which is like manufacturing of frozen, of frozen foods and ice cream. So I thought I'm going to do that. Uh, but I really didn't like the idea of being stuck to one place. As I said earlier, you know, I thought of myself as being a traveler, but I'm actually not. I actually like to be around one place. And plus the, the whole like factory and stuff is in Russia and I didn't really want to be there. Uh, I wanted to be uh, a person with like freedom to travel and stuff and, you know, live wherever I want. And, um, so yeah, I didn't go that route. I went my own route, which is e-com. And with that came the skills. One of the most important skills that that came with that well in the past four or five years is realization that things take longer than you think they are, and that perseverance is one is is the single thing that determines whether you're going to get it done or not. With whatever it takes, with even just putting like, with putting together furniture, right? Because I'm like, I'm doing that right now. Like putting together furniture, you might think that, you know, okay, I have an instruction and then I'm just going to follow it and it's simple as that. But even when you're putting it together with an instruction, you still come to a point where something is not working. And that's the moment it's not working there is this critical moment where you either try for whatever it takes five minutes and you're like, oh, this is not working. You get frustrated and you just put it down and you're like, I'm going to do it later or whatever. I'm going to hire someone to do it for me. Or you develop the skill where you're like, no, it's like I'm going to get this done no matter how much it takes. The other day I was fixing a trash bin in my house and I was like, yeah, I was I was fixing it and it took me so long. But it's just it's just a thing. It's a skill that I trained myself to not give up no matter like until until it gets done. It's just a thing. It's like it's a super like mind thing, you know. But it it's it's a great thing. It applies to so many. And you feel so much happier afterwards as well. You feel like you 
you know, the dopamine is kicking in because you're actually, you know, you got it done. It's like now achieved. So yeah, that's one of the most important things. Whenever uh, you are doing it, just like, don't stop until it's done, you know, and like, try, just try, 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 try. Like, don't stop trying. Eventually you're going to figure out a small little thing. That little thing is going to lead to another one, to another one. And then eventually you'll come. And And I also noticed that solutions are exponential as well. So it's like, for a long time, you're trying many different things and nothing works, but then you hit that one little piece that, you know, really uh, resonates with you and then it just skyrockets. That's great insight. And I think one of the issues is that when we're, when we're stuck in something that's, uh, that's challenging, it's tempting to want to go do something that actually like releases a dopamine. Um, and what I've noticed, cause this is a problem that I've run into a lot is that when I do that, it actually makes it harder to come back to it afterwards. Uh, because I've gone into a more relaxed state and then I have to like wind myself back up again and turn into more of that stress, but good stress state. So, uh, there, there is, there is a lot of uh, wisdom to that for sure. And that's actually one of the things I learned from Ty coming back to that. Uh, he said in one of his things, I'd remember it till now it was, uh, the temptation to give up is greatest right before you're about to succeed. And that stuck with me till this day. And it like drives me every single day. Whatever I'm doing, I know that the temptation to give up is greatest right before I'm about to succeed. So when, when I'm super tempted, I'm like, okay. Now, instead of being like, oh, I don't want to do it. I'm like, ah, oh, now the solution is starts, like going to come soon. And it, it is always like that. Well, well that's, that's amazing. And I feel like we should really just uh, wrap up on that note because uh, – uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just been great. Although if, if you don't mind, there is one other video I wanted to ask you about, uh, but this is more delicious kind of like, we'll decompress. We have a, have some fun with this one. This is like your, your video about what are some, some things that, um, you don't recommend people doing with their money and going into that video, I thought it was going to be like, you know, don't, don't go to A and W too often, or, you know, uh, you know, don't smoke cigarettes. And then it turns out that it was um, what I would say is like excessive luxury where people can really spend like a lot of money, a very short amount of time, like uh, like bottle yeah. service and stuff like that. And so go check out the video. Um, I, I spoiled one of them, but I'm not going to spoil the other two because uh, you had mentioned that, you know, you had done bottle service yourself. So you come from personal experience. So here's here's what I want to ask is, were there any positive takeaways from the bottle service? Like did any... <laughs> Did you have any insights that anything cool happened that actually was like a, a meaningful long-term takeaway from it? Yeah, I guess the, I guess the, the, the biggest benefit I learned from that is that I need to be very careful with alcohol yeah. and that I am not that good at, at drinking. So, you know, there, I have some friends who, you know, the more they drink, like the crazier they get and the longer they can stay up and stuff like, like, I don't know how to do it, but for me, it's the opposite. I have this critical like limit where if I go over it, that's it. I just, I either pass out, I fall asleep or I black out. So if there's one good, and you know, it happened when the bottle, and, like with that bottle service, I remember it was just horrible. Um, I, I, like, I blacked out a couple of times. Uh, I don't remember how I got from the club home. I lost my money that I was supposed to pay for the club. And I bought like, it's, I, basically, the, sto the, the, the story here is that I had like 350 pounds in the GDP, and I was supposed to give that to my friends so they can pay for the club, for the bottle service, for the table, whatever. And instead, I got so drunk that when I went out, uh, out of the club, I don't remember this, 
there was a guy, you know, like those guys like, hey, would you like to buy a rose for your lady? And I think what happened is that I ended up with like all these roses <laughs> and, and no money. So yeah, maybe the maybe the the biggest the biggest learning is that you know I'm, I'm not good with, with alcohol, so now I really like take it easy with that. I I've, I've noticed that um, I I'm not much of a much of a drinker. My uh, my twenties are long gone, but I I noticed that I would like get more pretentious the more I drank. Like I would like I get more into like sitting upright and be like, mm, yes, I do believe this this is fantastic. <laughs> like I just turned into a total yeah. trick. So uh, between that and like the the feeling of my stomach the day after, yeah, it's interesting. Like I mean, you know, uh, for people who like who've never touched the bottle, you're doing the right thing. But for but for for people who have, I guess it's worth like looking back at those and just wondering what happens to my decision making process when I lose that process. So yeah. Yeah, it, it, it can be fascinating in, in hindsight, but the uh, the better option is like, you know, one glass of wine with dinner at most. And we'll leave it at that. Um, so, George, usually the final question is like, you know, um, it's two it's two parts. One is how people can get in touch with you. And the other is like if you have any parting wisdom or any answers to questions that I haven't asked. Uh, but I'd say between the um, uh, the perseverance question and the bottle service question, I think you've delivered. But just in case there's yeah. anything else you want to share with us, this is the chance to do it. And then after that, uh, let the audience know how they can find you and get in touch. In terms of a little piece of wisdom, I would probably say is that you need to, if if you really want to do something, just just you have to do it for a long time. You know, things take much longer than than they seem uh, on the on the front end. You know, you might think like, oh, you know, it's just even if it comes to like dropshipping e-commerce, you might think like my thinking in the beginning was, oh, it's simple. Just you know, the way the the people say, just uh, oh, here's a website, here's some ads, product, bam, bam, bam. It's all easy and stuff. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, there are so many things that go on the bottom of that, and. Yeah, it it all comes really to to first understanding that okay, yes, I do I don't know yet, but I do understand that there are a lot more things coming and then kind of committing yourself to it, right? You're you 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 basically sit down and you think to yourself, yes, I know what I know that there are a lot more things coming. I don't know what exactly they are, but I know they are coming and I'm ready to 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 tackle them, right? I'm ready to to take them on. And that and and by accepting that, by telling yourself that, then you will be expecting those things to come and you're going to be like, oh, wait, I committed to this. So I know it's coming. Okay, let's get this done. No matter how hard it might seem. Um, that's also one of the things, kind of the recurring pattern for me over the last you know, five years. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of the last piece of advice. I don't want to drag it on too long. And then for those of you who want to find me, um, my YouTube is George Vlasiev, and my Instagram is the same, George Vlasiev, just all together. Um, yeah, that's it. Okay, terrific. Uh, well, George, uh, thank you once more for your time. This was uh, this is a lot of fun, and uh, thank you to our listeners as always for your uh, for your attention and your engagement. Uh, you all know what to do, and we'll check in soon. Take care. Thanks for listening. You might have found this show on many number of platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or right here on Debutify. Whatever the case, if you enjoy this content and want to help us thrive, please take a few moments to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you think is best. 
We also want to hear from you. So whether you think you'd be a good guest or want to weigh in on anything related to our show, you can email podcast at debutify.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Finally, this podcast is created by the passionate team at Debutify. If you're ready to take the plunge into e-commerce or are looking to up your game, head over to debutify.com and see how it can change your life and the lives of many through what you do next.